0: It's gross. I don't like long beards. I like manicured beards.
1: Welcome to Dad Habits Die Hard. We don't have all this figured out, and we aren't experts. We're just two dads who love Jesus and our family and want to serve both well. We've done it wrong way more than we've done it right, but we're just trying to fail forward, realizing that we're leaving a legacy no matter what. I grew mine for five months, I think. So it it was pretty long, man.
0: Crazy you stuff. Do you ever want to do it? Get some beard oil and like have the.
1: Yeah, I could totally, you know, kind of like do this motion with it, which was kind of gross. Man. All right. Well, we're recording, so just FYI, I don't say anything stupid. Well,
0: at least I do that. From time to time.
1: <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna have to get you a mic, I think, because um I can hear the mix right now. And I sound really clear and you don't. Do I sound really clear to you?
0: You know, that's about normal and everything. (laughs) So uh, let's apologize. Let me apologize. You know, you don't need to apologize because you're you're crystal clear HD. I am behind the world standards right now in audio. So let the comments fly that my audio is trash. But then again, I have heard, I don't know how many of you have listened to a podcast before and it's terrible audio but like you still listen because it's still good content you know yeah, for sure. well, we might not have both of those but you know just deal with it people is what i would tell you
1: yeah so i'm gonna send you one of these mics so like 50 bucks and it's a game changer obviously
0: it looks cool in front of you like that
1: yeah man all right so i guess welcome to this week's podcast we are a couple days behind uh we've been trying to You know, do them every week. Obviously, last week was Thanksgiving week, so that wasn't going to happen. And then this week, I had a family uh, issue I needed to tend to. So, obviously, since we're talking about dads primarily, it seemed ironic for me to, you know, ignore my family in order to do a podcast. So, we kind of moved it a couple of days here. So, I think that's going to be okay. You know, before we left, we were talking about the upcoming Thanksgiving break. And, you know, we were, we had some goals. We were going to try to stay off the phone. Uh, We were going to try to engage our families. And so I'm curious how you did with that. And then I will break the bad news on how I did. So,
0: oh no. Okay. So one way to hold me accountable, and I guess I'm going to do the same for you. And to remember, I think that's fantastic. Um, We had probably 19 people in our house uh, all about. And so I didn't – I don't know that I put – I didn't – no, you know what? I did. I left my phone in the bathroom, um, and then, of course, I have my watch for whatever reason. If I'm – you know, we live on land, so if I'm far away and a kid breaks their leg on a four-wheeler or something, we get call the paramedics. But so, I mean, if I were to rate myself, I think I did pretty good. My screen time hits me, and it's normally right at two hours, and I think it was at, like – an hour and i think right at an hour so nice so you did about half i think i i felt good i didn't oh. feel feel like i shouldn't be on my phone what's interesting that when you do that it's terrible this might sound really judgmental you notice how much other people's phone activity is happening and you're sure. like oh my gosh
1: you know, yeah i don't know yeah, it's like when you're making an effort not to drive and be on the phone, you notice how many people are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: scary. Yeah.
1: You you notice a lot more things when you're not looking at your phone driving, you know, like car stopping in front of you, so to speak. So yeah. uh do you feel like you're engaged, your family well took care of your wife? And it was kind of a stressful yeah. time for her.
0: Yeah, I think I think, you know, just simply putting that away and not Dealing with just feeling the vibration in your pocket, right? There's so much psychology. I'm like, I just need to know what what that was. I and mean, it's off on my watch, so I don't even get the vibrations on my watch. But I think that's incredibly helpful. If you know whether that's Thanksgiving or if you if you can figure out a rhythm that you can turn it off at that every night or I don't know. Do you do that every night?
1: uh Yeah, I have it on Do Not Disturb. Yeah. And so, and I you know I put it next to my bed so. Definitely not on it at night. Well, I mean, I guess I am to some extent, but I sleep well.
0: Okay. What's your disappointing news? Because (laughs) I did get a phone call from you just shortly before. I think it kicked off or it was early that morning or something. Yeah. I don't even remember what day it was.
1: So unfortunately I had to be on my phone a little bit. So on the way to Colorado, our uh, 2017 Ford Expedition EL. Got the extra long because we got too many dang kids. Um, it decided it did not want to run properly anymore. And, you know, it already had like 125,000 miles and we knew we weren't going to be able to keep it forever and that we were eventually going to have to upgrade. Um, so it started having some problems and, you know, it's kind of 50, 50 on, I knew what the problem was. Um, but at the end of the day, we had already kind of been talking about getting a new vehicle, and, you know, I didn't want to risk being wrong in what I thought the repair was and then breaking down on the way home from Colorado. Yeah. So, yeah, we at, we bought a car on vacation. So I've never done that before. Never purchased a vehicle in another state. I know you wow. have, right? We you mm-hmm. bought a car in Colorado Springs, same place I did. Um, and so, yeah, I had to get be on my phone looking for a, a car, doing some research, finding the dealership, doing all of that. Um, went, purchased the vehicle, crazy story. So last week, or maybe it was early this week, I went to my wife's school where she teaches and a a former teacher I used to work with who's still there came up to me and said, Hey, by the way, did you buy a car in Colorado Springs on vacation? And I said, yeah. How did you know that? She goes, I was at the dealership and I saw you. So this lady, who I know very well for many years, was at the same dealership in the same city in Colorado at the same time, and apparently I was going back with a finance person or whatever, so she couldn't grab me. But how crazy is that? And then so we went from the extra big Ford Expedition to a Forerunner, which is much smaller. Our kids, our kids are getting older. I've got one that's driving, one that's close to driving, so we didn't feel like we needed the you know extra huge car anymore. I knew you guys downgraded at some point too. Um, But since we had all the luggage with us, I had to make a plan on what we were going to do for that. So I had to be looking on Facebook Marketplace to try to find some sort of rack or carrier or something to throw it on the top. Um, And where my sister-in-law lives is in between Buena Vista and Salida, beautiful areas. But it's it's pretty – it's like an hour and a half, two hours away from Denver, Colorado Springs, all the major cities. Mm. And so – there were tons of things on Facebook marketplace that were good options that were two hours away. Um, and so I was just kind of looking, looking and looking and looking and looking and finally found something in the town itself. And so it was a really good deal. So I was able to get all the the stuff home, which was great, but it necessitated, unfortunately me, you know, spending some time on my phone, you know, kind of shopping and things like that. But I will say um, when it was like really family time, um, I left it in the other house we were staying in. And then, uh, when we went to actually have Thanksgiving at, uh, my brother-in-law's family house, um, didn't get on it there either. And so I did a fair job, but unfortunately I wasn't able to <clears throat> just put it away completely. So here's what it is.
0: You know, I feel like that, what you're describing though, it's, it's, it's not like it was all frowned upon by the entire family. So like your wife was like, oh, you're being selfish on Thanksgiving and going and buying a car. You know, it's like, what do you do? You're, you know, thousands right. of miles from home or whatever. And it's like, we well, got to do something. And yeah. so, um, you know, sometimes we'll take a hit to the team. Yeah. So, got?
1: I would say it was a success overall in a lot of ways other than, you know, being an expensive vacation. But she's got a really nice, sweet car. So, I'm excited about that. So, uh, you know, good stuff. I am yawning a oh, lot, I man. Yeah, you are. Sleep. So...
0: Hang on, some people might be wondering. This could be a whole another podcast as far as like cars and 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 all of the above. You went from a really big car. Yep. That was my first question to you. To a really, I'm like a four runner, Matt. Like I know they make a three third, like third row um, seat. How is that working on the short? Like, is it third row? Are you just cramped? The, the kids that are sitting back there, is it working okay?
1: So actually, re- we have rarely used the third row since we got it um, namely because my oldest kid drives. And so any, there's not a whole lot of places we go as a family all together anymore. You know, like church would be an example of what we normally would, but Mm. my daughter works the second service. Um, so she drives separately. And so, you know, what we've been doing really, we got three kids left. Well, they can sit three across Mm. in the middle row. Uh, so we've used it a couple of times, but, Really hasn't been that necessary. Ugh, to be honest. What time do you. you wake
0: up this morning? Uh
1: 4 30. It's time I normally yeah, wake up, so. but that's okay. what it is. I don't know. Sometimes I just yawn a lot. I think it's a side effect of some of the medicine I'm taking, honestly. So mm. fun times. So yeah, well, good. Well, you know, um, we wanted to talk about something specific today. Um, and it's I think, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, it's called the five shifts of manhood. Is that what it's actually called or is there a different name for it do you know well
0: so it comes this comes from a book uh i might have shared it last time called the intentional father mm-hmm. by john tyson um and there's a chapter it's actually chapter eight that this shifts come from so um i read this book a couple of years ago uh, probably a year two years ago and it just really started. I have two boys. Um, and I think you can tweak this for girls as well, but because my two boys are the oldest, I'm thinking a lot about it with them because I just see so much of a lot of little boys running around and grown up people. 100. And I think it's really important. And, and there's, there's also lots of other raising a modern day night, I think is the other book, Matt about how so many other cultures have like a very specific, Hey, you're 13. You're now a man and every other culture, 13. um, As far as what I know, they're deemed as a man, you know, here it's like 18. I always remember my parents being like, when you're 18, 18, it's like, what is in the world is going to happen when I turn 18? I feel like that's all I hear. Like, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. you know, it didn't seem as big as it was when I turned 18. Uh, but you know, how do we prepare our boys that God's given us and, and equip them to be able to handle the world in which they're going to walk out to and rule and subdue and and create? Um, like that's on us as fathers to figure out how we do that. And so we should be training. The Bible's clear about training up a child in the way that they should go, so when they're old, they won't depart from it. Training is different than teaching. Um, and so I just kind of have started thinking through ramble thoughts on, on it. So let me just share the, the five thoughts um, or the five shifts. And it actually, to do do credit, it comes from a book called Adam's Return by Richard Rohr. So Richard Rohr is the one who wrote about the five rules of manhood. And so the five rules are life is hard you are not important. Your life is not about you. You are not in control and you are going to die. So those are really encouraging,
1: harsh, right? You know, I mean, like they seem super negative. Um, and, uh, but I think when you look at them through a different kind of lens a little bit, and maybe that's where you're going, um, they tend to make a little bit more sense, especially for the follower of Jesus. Right. Mm.
0: And, and yes, they are harsh. The other day, my son was like, I hadn't, I'd queued this up to share it with him. He's 10. And it was going crazy. I called him in my office. I was like, okay, let's just go over this. And like, I got to continue to remind this. I mean, even sometimes for me. <laughs> and uh, I was, I shared a couple of them. I shared all, all five with them and it was just kind of the beginning of it, but it is kind of harsh, but it, on the next page, it talks about how John Tyson with his, um son he said instead of saying life is hard he says it's a shift from ease to difficulty Mm -hmm. so instead of saying you are you're not important he said to his boys um care about the boys care about themselves but men care about others Mm -hmm. so instead of saying your life is not about you i said you're part of the story but you're not the whole story Instead of saying you're not in control, I said it's a shift from control to surrender. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying you're going to die, I said it's a shift from temporary to eternal. So, again, none of this is like my thinking, but it has helped me like really process. OK, I've got to do something with this. And so really, Matt, what I'm thinking about right now is like with these shifts. There's a book called Power of Moments, and it's really a powerful <laughs> book, but like we always remember the moments in our lives. like so like, oh my gosh, I went on a cruise for my 21st birthday or I got this car or my parents gave me this really memorable thing. Like I right now want to get a shield. It's in my Amazon cart. It's this metal shield shield. it's not ex- it's, it's pretty expensive, like $170 dollars. Um, and I want I want to write. I want to find a way to like ingrain these rules on there. And so I'm gonna give that to him, you know, maybe on his 11th or 12th birthday, and then maybe get like a sword. Like, think of some ways that I can give tangible things. And so as he grows up and gets older, like these are like he can look at those things on the wall and remember, okay, this is this is what how my dad trained me. So that then he can train, you know, Lord willing, if he has sons or daughters. Right. So that's like top of mind what I'm thinking about.
1: Yeah, I, I shared them with my teenage son the other day. And just kind of asked him, like, do these make sense to you? You know, um, do you think that this is right? What, what are your thoughts? And, you know, he actually agreed with them and thought that they were really good. And he hadn't really thought about it that way. And I'll be honest with you, you know, I turned 40 here in a couple of days. And I would say in a lot of ways, there are some of these things that I haven't done until this last year, you know, so this is not certainly like something that's only mm-hmm. for kids, you know this is this is um relevant to adults so mm-hmm. in me it's it's not just like becoming a man, but it's becoming like a man of God, right? It's becoming mm-hmm. a father, a husband. Um, because we all want to do those things and we struggle with them. You know, I was, I was looking at first Corinthians 13, 11, Um, and Paul is talking to the Corinthians and he said, When I was a child, I talked like a child, mm-hmm. I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away the childhood behind me. Um, and and when you look at these five shifts, and you look at the opposite, right, um, kind of that immature, childish way of looking at things, you can see how even as a 40 year old man, a 50 year old man, a 30 year old man, you can still, you know, have the mindset of a child, um, you know, by not following these. And so I think they're really crucial, you know, for people of all ages. And and even something that you know paul was was talking about to the Corinthians, so love
0: it. I think I love that. I love the honesty we're all like wrestling through this. I know I'm wrestling through this at different times. I try and find like different things if we're working out in the yard or we're doing something hard and they're complaining or something. It's like, hey, you know what? like like we we work through this because there's going to be a lot of other things that you're going to have to work through that are going to be hard. So if I just give you an easy pass Mm -hmm. on picking up some leaves or mowing the lawn, like you were built to do hard things and like, we need to work through, you know, how to like, so like those live demonstrations, which is what we see Jesus. And, you know, if we looked at Jesus, he's the epitome of manhood, right. Which If we're being straight clear, which is another fun exercise to do, is just get on a whiteboard and say, Hey, what does the world say a man is? And what does the Bible say a man is? They're totally different, you know? And like my kids and I see that everywhere. And so we just say, Oh, well, I see that. I just, you know, big truck, muscles, whatever we want to, you know, label, like that's a man.
1: Yeah, you know, we we tell our kids a lot of times whenever they kind of are having that breakdown moment of like, this is too hard, I can't do this. You know, we just kind of give them that self-talk of saying, I can do hard things. You know, it just kind of, we repeat yes. that. You know, you can do yeah. hard things, say it. I can do hard things. I can do hard things, mm-hmm. right? Um, because kids, and maybe it's, a, maybe it's a generational thing, but I feel like these younger generations than us, I think we're both kind of the mid to older millennial um they tend to give up really easy right it's the mm. throwaway culture it's a youtube culture it's the easy path culture right um and so uh, just kind of reminding our kids like you can do hard things and not just mm. our sons but our daughters too that's
0: right yeah that's good what's the next one the uh second one. So the second one is let me go back here you are not important
1: and what was what was the kind of Christianese version of that, right?
0: Of what he said, he said so, boys care about themselves, but men care about others,
1: right? And and I think this was when I talked about things that I learned this last year. This is probably one of the bigger things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of the conflicts that I had the year before, a lot of the um, issues, you know, that I found myself dealing with. Ultimately were because I was so centered on me and my wants mm-hmm. and my needs yeah. and my desires and my expectations um, and if I'm being honest couldn't give a crap about anybody else you know mm-hmm. and and I wouldn't have said that at the time but looking mm-hmm. back on it now you know I see just how selfish and self-centered my motives were um, and so you know when I talk about I'm just now learning some of these things the mm-hmm. concept of I am not important, you know, and I need to focus on others is a daily battle for me.
0: It, you know, I think it that's forever. I mean, that's just in us, right? you know, I mean, that's, we want people to look at us and say, oh, I like your outfit or, oh, is, are those new shoes? You know, like value me, appreciate me. Like this goes back to the core of like, what are we putting our identity in? you know, what framework have you been built on, right? Have you been built on just the value of the things that you own, the clothes that you wear, how much money you make? Um, Because if that's how you've been encouraged or that's how what people have told you, then like that's where that identity comes from. And, you know, all that will crumble. Um, And, you know, of course, the social media world doesn't help either, Matt. When you have influencers and all these people, it's all about them. And let's be honest, you even have Christian songs that talk about, ourselves right that we sometimes i would i mean they're songs they're not worship it's songs and so we just need to know that i feel like we have to be really careful with
1: that i feel like idolatry is one of those sins that like flies under the radar you know Mm, um mm. we've got these big sins that we talk about you know murder theft you know adultery Mm. those types of things and and we know about the you know have no other gods right besides me and we look at the old testament and we look at Aaron you know, and the Israelites making the golden calf and worshiping. And Mm -hmm. and we look at them and we're like, how stupid are you? Right. You know, it just seems so obvious. Right. And, and because it was such an extreme example of idolatry in the Bible, I don't think that we always make the connection to Mm -hmm. our lives, but, you know, you go back to finding your identity in Christ versus other things. You know, if, if you're looking to even your spouse, to complete you make you happy satisfy you whatever the case may be you know i would make the argument that it's possible that your marriage or your wife has been you've made them an idol you know if Mm -hmm. if you're looking to anything to complete you um other than christ you know it's quite possible that those things are idols because idols are going to be what you spend your time money attention Mm -hmm. on right that are going to come before the lord and so Mm -hmm. um I think we need to get back to this notion of have no other gods before me because, again, idolatry is not something that we talk about or think about a lot. But I think it is a core issue, a core mm-hmm. heart issue that that really leads to other sins.
0: Yeah, man. So what do you what? ask? Do what? What's, what's one thing you idolize?
1: Uh, For me, I would say I idolize like the, my wife or the perfect marriage. I idolize cars. It's my hobby. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that because, you know, of the amount of time that I spend on YouTube, watching things about Mm -hmm. cars or spending Mm -hmm. money on them or working on them. I know because, um, you know, if, if my expectations aren't met, or my wife's upset with me and it totally wrecks my day, right? Um, Mm. Then, you know, those are indicators to me that there's some idolatry possibly going on there.
0: You know, an idol, we talk about this in some of the Bible sites that the dads leave with their son or daughter. and An idol is something simply that just takes the place of God. And so for me, you know, that, that ebbs and flows. You know, sometimes it's YouTube, sometimes it's my phone or technology or my family, or why? like, it can be, it can just kind of go all over the place. It can be the good stuff like, too, right? Yes, yeah, totally, do recognize it. You know, my oldest the other day came to me, he's all about football right now, and he's like, Dad, what if, what if I go to the NFL, and that's not what God wants, will he punish, like, will there be punishment, or whatever, and it's like, and you know, our kids always ask the most fascinating questions, That you're just like, oh man, like, I feel like I need to draw this out, or I don't know. Let me get back to you. Um, and I answered him one way. I was like, "Well, you know, that when we go outside of what God wants, like, yes, there's consequences. When we go out of what He desires for us, that's a we. There's straight consequences." But I was thinking about it more, and I was talking to my wife, and I was like, "You know what? I do think there's things like you and I have talked about, Matt, where like you can do it and you cannot do it. But the bigger thing is, is like whatever we do." whether that's football or YouTubing to gain energy or knowledge in cars, like if we are using that to glorify God and use examples to build his kingdom and encourage other people in those areas, I don't don't think that that's wrong. I think that's what we're supposed to be doing. We need more people in business or in the marketplace or in, you know, cars that like love Jesus but like know cars really well. It's just when do those things like some of us take the place – you know, and 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 are there their own gods? Yeah. And that's only that's up to that individual in their heart and where they align with that. But
1: what's the third one?
0: Third one. Is your um, life is your life is not, about, life you. Is not about you. Yeah. Instead, I say you're part of the story, but you're not the whole story. Right.
1: And that kind of goes back to that. Right. Temptation of selfishness. Right. I think, I think the big thing for me in this is I'm a part of God's story Mm -hmm. and the larger narrative of what is playing out in terms of creation, fall and redemption, right? Mm -hmm. Like my life is such a blip in that story, but to me, it's the most important thing, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, I think it changes your perspective. It should. When you're going through trials or when things are good or whatever the case may be to realize like in the grand scheme of things like this moment, this trial, this accomplishment is fairly insignificant on its own. But when it plays Mm -hmm. into the larger narrative of what God is doing for his people because he loves us, Mm -hmm. it takes on a different meaning Mm -hmm. and importance.
0: Yeah, which kind of goes into the next one that says – uh, you're not in control and he says it's a shift from control to surrender and which is like when my when i don't have control is more like if my kids are all over the place and it's loud and it's chaotic and i'm like get frustrated and lose my self-control I lo- i'm like why am i why do i do that sometimes oh it's because i don't it's too chaotic and i don't have control of the situation yep so i lose control it's a weird this paradox, right? Thing. Yeah. It's
1: this weird paradox that the more you, you think I will have I will feel better, I will have more peace, I will be less stressful if I could control everything. And and maybe mm. we don't like consciously think that, right? But our actions and right. and in, in life reflect that belief. And and on the other side, like there's this fear. There's this fear when it comes to surrender, you know, like um. I talked about this in my last, like Tacoma, you know, deep thoughts Mm -hmm. is we want God to fix things in our life, but we're unwilling to let him fix everything. Right. Mm -hmm. And because we want to hold on to some of those things, we want to have a little bit of control because we're fearful, right. That that thing Mm -hmm. that we love, that we idolize is going to be taken away or that sin is going to be exposed, right. Whatever the case Mm -hmm. may be. But the reality is that, unless we completely surrender we're not ever going to have peace like control does Mm. not bring peace surrender brings peace you know Mm. because at the end of the day you realize it's not about me i can't control the situation like trusting the lord is scary but it's also um the most restful position to be in i think
0: i just want to stop here and encourage those who are listening to this um There's all areas of our own lives and your lives where you haven't relinquished control to God. And maybe right now needs to be the time. And that's simply just confessing to God what that area is and giving him that control, giving it back to him, letting him have that. And it doesn't need to be a big thing. Look, when my kids get in an argument and and they have a hissy fit, you know, we work it out and then we ask them to forgive each other. Uh, which you know, fa- maybe a fancy word for that is just repent, just ask, tell God you're sorry and you want him to take control of that again and 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 let him go. and I, i've I've met several people that there's that corner that they don't want to let go of, whether that's an addiction, whether that's pornography, alcoholism, name I mean there's tons of things we can name. several recently that once they finally live they were like, okay, I'm done, I've had enough, I'm giving you know, God control this in my life, man, it man. It, things just like really activated that God have their whole. And I believe God wants our whole and not just a little bit. He wants every corner and every square inch of our being. And there's just areas I know in my own life that I've held onto. And it's such a, a, a sweet place to be in. You said the other day, Matt, you were like, I don't feel like I'm harboring any, um, what'd you say? That like, that's just like a really sweet place to be in. You don't feel like you're, you're in anger with anybody or five people, or you're just at peace. Mm -hmm. So,
1: yeah, there's a, there's a book that, that kind of goes along with this idea. It's really short. I think it's called my heart Christ home. And Mm -hmm. it's this, you know, very small little pamphlet type book, but it talks about these rooms being these different compartments of your life and how mm-hmm. Jesus wants to take over those rooms. Right. Okay. And it ends with, it ends with the closet at the top of the stairs. Like that's the last space of the house. And, and the story is like Jesus is like, what's in there? Like you've shown me the whole house, but what's in there. Right. And, and you know, that's where the skeletons are, where the deep secrets are the embarrassing things in your life. And is so fearful to like, give him the key to that room too. But only when he's able to completely, like you said, fill every nook and cranny, is he really going to be able to take control of your life and, you know, and us have ultimately we want to have, and that's life abundant. You know, there's this fear that if I surrender, that I'm not going to have what I consider to be life abundant. And maybe that's true. But I think what what we all need to run after and see what truly it means by life abundant. And life abundant only comes through total and complete surrender to Jesus where we're able to allow him to to you know be Lord of our lives. And yes, we may lose some things that are important to us, but maybe they shouldn't be important to us, right? Yeah, it, it might hurt a little bit,
0: bit right? There might be yeah. some growing and stretching. It's not easy. We're not talking prosperity, just so we're clear.
1: No, 100%. Okay. And uh, there was one more, right? Going from, yes,
0: going from you're, it's, you're going to die. He said it's a shift from temporary to eternal. Yeah. So I think, you know, you know what are you going to pass down? This, this is all, you know, we're just passing through.
1: This Christmas time is a perfect example, I think, for this to be like a teachable moment for our kids. You yeah. know, because right now it's all about the Christmas list. You know, what present am I getting? Right. My like, oh, yeah. I, I want to go do this. All know? about me, consumerism. Yeah. Ah. E- exactly. And it it's such a temporal thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how do we how do we shift this time to make it more eternal? Right. Through service, mm-hmm. right? Through thinking about, you know, Christ being born. You know, still enjoy some of those traditions, right? Um, mm-hmm. you know, on an appropriate scale. Um, But it's it's a perfect teachable moment opportunity to talk about eternal versus you know temporal. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's cool.
0: God knows us. We, he created us, guys. He knows all about us. It's like our kids. When our kids come to us, and you're like, you're not telling me something because you know them. They're like your kid. They might resemble you a little bit. They're little image bearers. Yeah. God knows us. Like He wants us to tell, talk to Him as His. You know. Earthly father, like we talked to our heavenly father. So
1: and he's got our best interests at heart. You know, sure. I, I, I see this with my oldest daughter because, you know, she's getting close to being an adult, um, at least legally. And, you know, there are times that we hold her back, you know, mm-hmm. or we tell her no. And and a lot of times it's things that, that her friends are already allowed to do. Mm-hmm. And so it seems really unfair. And it mm-hmm. seems like we're just trying to be mean or overly strict or whatever the case may be. And we just continued to remind her, like, you can trust us. We are on mm-hmm. your side. We mm-hmm. have wisdom that you don't, and mm-hmm. we're not doing this to punish you or to keep you from having a good time. Mm-hmm. We're doing this because we're playing the long game with your life. Mm-hmm. And, and that's exactly how the Lord is with us, right? Mm-hmm. Like he has a perspective that we don't, he knows what our future holds. He knows what our true hearts desires are. And, uh, you know, he wants to help us through that for sure.
0: Love it. Awesome. Well, I hope your family has a very, very Merry Christmas.
1: Yeah. I'm sure we'll talk again before then. And uh, hopefully I can get you a mic soon so that you don't sound like garbage. Maybe it sound maybe it'll sound better once we actually uh, publish it. We'll see. So, Working. all right well always a pleasure to talk to you and um i hope you have a wonderful day go serve your family well
0: all right buddy. we'll see you all, all right, right.
1: Man. later thanks for listening to the dad habits die hard podcast help us out by following us and rating us on itunes and you can also find the video version of this podcast on youtube you can find the link in the show notes be sure to subscribe and hit the notifications bell to never miss an episode